He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Because otherwise he's going to beat you with some sticks and drag you to hell. Get ready, because Krampus is coming to town. Hello, and welcome back to Horror Story Podcast. I'm your host, Trish, and I'm so excited because this week I'm going to be diving into the dark side of Christmas, and I'm going big. I'm talking none other than Bizarro Santa himself, Krampus. Krampus, derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, is a legend that originated in the Austrian Alps long before Julie Andrews was twirling around on the hillside without a care in the world. And it actually originated long before Krampus was terrorizing them. It all started with a wicked pagan witch named Frau Perkta, who spent her winter flying around Austria and Bavaria, perfecting her disemboweling skills. While she gained some notoriety due to a mention by the Brothers Grimm in the 1800s, she had in fact been slicing and dicing as far back as the 13th century which was also around the time that St. Nicholas and his feast day celebration on December 6th was becoming more popular. Legend has it that she would fly around Bavaria and Austria from the days leading up to Christmas through the first week of January, a period of time referred to back then as the 12 days of Christmas. She would reward those who were good and punish those who were bad. And bad meant a varying number of things. It could mean you were a child who misbehaved, a woman who did not keep her house tidy enough, or a woman who did not spin all of their flax into yarn. During this time frame of late December to January, it was expected that a woman had completed all of her spinning work for the year. So obviously any half-spun flax was the most egregious transgression of them all. I mean, seriously, you can't start your year off with half-spun flax. Get it together. If you were any one of the aforementioned heathens, Frau Perkta would visit your home, slice open your abdomen, remove your organs, and replace them with things like hay and rocks. However, if you were good and left her out a bowl of porridge, she would leave you with a trinket, which is similar to the celebration of St. Nicholas's feast day. Perkta wasn't having all the fun, though. She was typically accompanied by what became known as the Perkton. First mentioned in the late 1400s, earliest depictions of the Perkton showed them to be donning a sort of bird-like plague mask. It was thought that the bird-like mask may actually be representative of an owl or the Strix, which is mentioned in Greek and Latin texts as a bird of ill omen that visited humans at night to feast on blood and flesh. Depictions of the Perkton varied over time, eventually settling on a form that they'd become known for and would later become aesthetic goals for Krampus. They were large, beastly, covered in fur, with multiple sets of coiling horns, big old fangs, and sharp claws. The Perkton would participate in Perktonlaufs, or Perkton runs, a supposed ancient pagan ritual of a raucous parade through the village in which some sources is meant to drive out the devils of winter or drive out evil spirits in one's home. Male citizens of Austrian villages would uphold this tradition as time went on, and they still do to this day. They dress up like the Perkton in celebration, parading through the streets each year, and I'm talking full-on Perkton garb from top to tail. Some of the monstrous masks they'd donned in the past would be hand-carved out of wood and weigh up to 30 kilograms. 
the church did their best to ban the Perkton Louths. They were like, hey, hold on. This is immoral and super rowdy. You gotta stop this now. But despite their best efforts, the Austrian villagers were not having it. The church needed to compromise while also shifting the focus from paganism back to Christianity. They absorbed the legend of Frau Perkta, the Perkton, and Perkton runs, and transformed them into a new and improved sidekick for dear old Saint Nick, Enter Krampus. And much like the Perkton, Krampus describes not just a single beast, but a whole race of Yuletide monsters. A Krampus was to serve as the yin to St. Nick's yang, described similarly to the appearance of the Perkton with a few interesting twists. Krampus was described as a large, half-demon, half-goat, covered in fur, with long, twisty horns protruding from its head, sharp fangs, and a long tongue. But now... He carried a basket on his back, a bunch of birch sticks in his hand, and was wrapped in chains. The basket and the birch sticks I'll get into in a moment, but the chains? Well, those were part of the compromise. Now featured in illustrations alongside St. Nicholas and later his iteration Santa Claus, the chains signified that Krampus was bound by the church. He had his own interests, but his agenda served the church and St. Nicholas. Where St. Nicholas blessed and gifted the nice, Krampus punished the naughty. And while the two sort of worked in tandem, Krampus got to have a night all to himself. Nicholasdag, or St. Nicholas Day, was celebrated on December 6th. Children all over Austria and Germany left their shoes outside of their front door the night before. For those who had been well-behaved, St. Nick would leave coins or treats in their shoes. But those who were naughty faced Krampus, and believe me, it wasn't merry and bright in the slightest. With its first historical recordings in 1582, Krampusnacht, or Krampus Night, was held on December 5th, the eve of St. Nicholas's feast day. The naughty list and a lump of coal signified where Krampus needed to go. Krampus would dole out various punishments to the children that misbehaved. Remember those birch sticks he carried? Well, those were for dishing out some corporal punishment. And the basket on his back? Well, it was to drag children back to hell, of course. And in some cases, Krampus would even drown or eat the children. Pretty great legend to keep kids in line, huh? In fact, twigs would be painted gold and left around the house all year as a reminder for kids to behave, lest they want to receive a Yuletide beating. And while the legend of Krampus himself bears no connection to the pagan winter solstice or Perkton rituals, that didn't stop Austrians, Germans, and most Alpine Europeans from giving Krampus his own raucous celebration. Just like the Perktons, Krampus got his own Krampuslauf, or Krampus run. And it's a tradition that's still celebrated to this day, and considered almost like a rite of passage for males. People get a little tipsy, dress up in full Krampus garb, and parade through the streets and villages while people gather to watch them and potentially get scared or even whipped by the Krampuses. And depending on where you are depends on how serious and scary it could be, with engagement ranging from the mild jump scare in your face and or snowballs being thrown at you, all the way to the extreme of actual physical injury from the Krampuses by being whipped on the legs. For the most part, it's all in good fun and quite the sight to behold. And hey, here in America, we literally pay people during spooky season to scare the living crap out of us and chase us through a haunted house, so I say Krampus runs sound kind of cool. 
I'm going to post a video to the podcast Instagram of a highlight video I found of a Krampuslauf in Austria, and people go all out. It is pretty awesome. Families are all gathered around watching the Krampus storm the streets like Americans gather to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. In some instances, both past and present, men dressed as Krampus will actually go door-to-door giving presents in exchange for things like warm schnapps and brandy, which basically sounds like the wildest combination of trick-or-treating and a pub crawl. Krampus runs are even making their way over to America, popping up in cities like Portland and Philly, and some even have literal Krampus runs that are races, like 5Ks and stuff. But let's rewind a little bit, because like the Perkton runs of yore, the Krampus runs faced some backlash. But this time, the heat was coming from the Archbishops of Salzburg, Austria. They pushed for the celebrations to be banned, primarily due to how rowdy and problematic the runs could get. And while they didn't disappear completely, the celebrations did dwindle during the 17th and 18th centuries. Over time, as the church shifted association of St. Nicholas from his feast day to Christmas on December 25th in an attempt to keep the holy and holidays, Krampus naturally followed with him, and would later become featured alongside St. Nick, now known by his Dutch nickname Sinterklaas, which Americans interpreted as Santa Claus when Dutch families brought their traditions over to New Amsterdam in the American colonies around the 17th century. The 19th century brought with it not just a boom in consumerism in Austria-Hungary, but a resurgence in Krampus's popularity. In 1867, Austria's postal system became the first to deliver postcards, and not just any postcards, Krampus cards. The cards had depictions of Krampus in various styles and in various scenes, almost all of which included him tormenting children, and in some cases, getting a little flirtatious and saucy with a woman. Not only did these cards breathe new life into the legend, they brought nostalgia and a feeling of home for those who had moved from rural areas to more industrialized cities. Krampus did take another hit again in the 20th century during World War II. With Austria under fascist rule, Krampus celebrations were outlawed. Krampus himself was labeled a socialist and would remain so until the late 20th century. However, thanks to the internet and its discovery of Krampus cards, as well as a cultural shift to embrace and appreciate all things spooky, creepy, and, well, just different, Krampus hit its stride again. There has also definitely been a movement for those in other cultures to participate in reclamation. We see more cultures embracing and upholding traditions of the past, and Austrians were no different when it came to reviving the legend and celebration of Krampus. With the runs mentioned before, not just in Austria and Germany, but here in the States as well, Krampus has definitely made a name for himself in popular culture. There are now several Krampus films, most notably the one from 2015 that features Tony Collette, which admittedly is the only one I've seen. It was entertaining, but way more Christmas-related than Krampus-related, and really didn't feature Krampus enough in my opinion. But again, like I said, entertaining nonetheless, and a spooky little wrench to throw into your Christmas movie watch list. Well, all right. That wraps up this week's episode. I hope this was a fun addition to your holiday season. Make sure you're nice with the appropriate kind of naughty, and definitely don't forget to spin all your flax. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you next time, and stay spooky, friends. Spooky, friends.